0: Hello! Welcome to a dueling podcast. So, here in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about duels as they are represented in some of the books that I have read in Truth in Masquerade, a uh, class that I'm currently taking at University of Iowa. I'm going to be talking about the plays... That like obviously have duels in them As well as some where there are Threats of duels that come up Or that start to arise Uh, Without further ado I'm going to first start off about nothing Um, It was created by William Shakespeare in in 1598 and 1599 And was created during the middle of his uh, career I guess it's about the love of Benedict and Patrice, but also features a character known as Claudio and There is a kind of plot of him denouncing this one woman named Hero on the altar before they're about to get married, and later obviously his or her father takes some issue with that and has a kind of scene during Act Five where he kind of threatens Claudio over that. Um, during Act five he says, uh, Leon, Mary you dost ye marry you dost wrong me, thou dissembler, thou, nay no never lay lay thy hand upon thy sword. I fare I fear thee not. Claudio responds, Mary, beshrew my hand, if it should give your age such cause of fear, in faith my hand meant nothing to my soul. Uh, essentially what this is, is basically kind of, like, it's a threat of a duel between the two. Leon is essentially stating that he, if he needs to, will take up arms, in this case, arm his sword, against Claudio. Because Claudio ruined the name of Hero by denouncing her on the altar. So this was a fairly common kind of thing. It was mainly apparently between the middling classes, according to Anthony Simpson during in Dandelions on the Field of Honor. This was something that a lot of middling classes actually did. They would usually they would have a point to prove, so they would kind of threaten to duel someone over it. And Ruined Honor was an especially big point to prove for a lot of these classes who already in their positions of life may not have had the greatest honor or the greatest start to their life, so obviously for someone who was born into a noble family, they want to keep their honor as well, so it's especially important that they have that need or that desire to duel. Obviously this is kind of, you know, it's a play so it's a bit of a different situation, but still it is just as important. A small interjection here as well. Uh, In a similar situation, I wasn't able to find the exact quote, but I did look again at uh, Pride and Prejudice for examples of duels. And there actually is talk about how Mr. Bennett, during the time that Lydia is, of course, taken away by Mr. Wickham, uh, there's a... who Mr. Wickham is a soldier that has had some bad blood with... Uh, one of the characters in the past, he steals away Lydia, which during this time, if he didn't marry her, was a big no-no for both her, him, and the family that she comes from, of course. So during that time, Mr. Bennett, there's a bit of worry that he might have to go and try and duel Mr. Wickham, the kind of reclaiming of the honor of his daughter, and that's obviously, again, Pretty similar to what's happening here in Much Ado About Nothing. I wasn't able to exactly find the quote that this was mentioning. I saw it was a part of Pride and Prejudice. I just wanted to include it as a, again, another example of duels coming up, even if they aren't exactly shown. Moving on to the uh, next play, uh, The Rivals by Richard Brinsley Sheridan actually features a duel in it, along with a duel that kind of gets cut off. Uh, First performed the 17th of January, 1775, it features Lydia and Jack, and Jack attempting to convince Lydia that he's kind of more of a... uh, (laughs) this, like, poor army officer that's actually named Beverly. And doing this kind of... Excuse him of not just his friend Bob Akers, who's trying to court Lydia, but also Sir Lucius, who is courting who he thinks is Lydia through some uh, letter system, mailing back and forth. Uh, Both of them end up kind of mad at Jack and Beverly, and so they decide to duel them. Uh, Bob Akers obviously duels uh, this Beverly that eventually turns out to not even really be real, but they have some uh, back and forth during Act 5, Scene 3. <clears throat> Sir Lucius. why you may Why, you may think there's no being shot at without a little risk, and if an unlucky bullet should carry a quietus with it, I say it will be no time then to be bothering you about family matters. Acres. quietus Sir Lucius, for instance, now if that should be the case, would you choose to be pickled and sent home? Or would it be the same to you to lie here in the abbey? I'm told there is very snug lying in the abbey. Acres. Pickled, snug lying in the abbey? Hots oh, tremors, Sir Lucius don't talk so. So obviously they're talking about the uh, idea of Aquietis. uh one of the bullets just killing one of them if that should be the case Sir Lucius and Acres were or uh, sorry Acres and uh, the Beverly were obviously planning on fighting with pistols uh, which is one idea of what duels did it apparently did not show up until obviously the kind of early 18th century more common towards uh, the 19th century and such but it still was there um, just not quite as common as sword fighting, because swords w- have been around for a far bit longer. Uh, they also mention, however, though, uh, the pickling, which is actually a real thing that it was embalming. Most of that was just in general. It wasn't a dual specific thing. It was just after somebody had died, they would be pickled, which is a kind of embalming technique involving the, involving the putting the body in vinegar, wine, a strong spirit. It would just keep the body looking healthy. Uh, it was popularized most by Admiral Horatio Nelson. Not popularized in the sense that it was used, but just most people know it because he was a Royal Navy Admiral. He was pickled in a cask of brandy. It's where the term uh, drinking the Admiral or something similar comes from. It was a fairly popular story that people had drunk from the same casket that he was pickled in. Gross, but not as gross as some of the uh, as the idea of pickling in general. It uh, we obviously have different techniques of embalming now, and or I don't even think that we even really do most embalming simil- even similar to this. But so, anyways, Acres obviously gets kind of creeped out even more so relieved that Beverly was a fake person and that he wouldn't actually have to duel his best friend or even anyone in general uh what is important though is that that sword fighting that was actually mentioned is would probably be done with a saber which is a kind of it's hard to describe but it is a blade that has a uh like side the um like on its side it has grooves and the actual top or tip of the blade is a more blunt point uh there the blade itself has a handle that's often very ornate because it was a very commonly used blade by the navy or by military in general and it was also extremely popular at the time for a fencing sword it was probably the blade that they would use if not probably a more thin type fencing sword because a lot of plays now would probably just stick with swords that would be recognized more easily as fencing swords, even though that one was used most often during the 18th century. So among all these is the question of what would happen to them after they killed somebody. So the best example to use is to compare it to a real life event that did happen. Captain Edward Clark, he was a man who was imprisoned for dueling. Edward Clark uh, ended up killing somebody at, uh, at Hyde Park, and it's a pretty interesting story, actually, because he's one of the various people who is obviously known for killing someone in a duel and then getting kind of imprisoned for it, but he didn't really... Get in trouble for it. At least not in the sense that somebody would obviously now. The court saw what he had done. And they believed that he acted as a good-natured man. And that he would essentially be left off of the crime he had done. And at the time, this was pretty common for people who were of a higher-standing society. Upper class enable- th- the way that the upper class acted and kind of went about sc- sort of meant that they were able to get away with duels like this. In the case that we've seen of the two plays, these people probably would have been let off if it had been a duel for honor. Uh, it was apparently a often practice that this social status of the upper class would just be enough to let them off murder. Uh, It's obviously quoted in a lot of crime and uh, sort of um, dueling books of the time, but this sort of information comes from Crime and Punishment in 18th Century England by Micklin Frank, and as it's covered, it really just lets these people get away with duels you would think that there would be some harsher punishment, but really... there wasn't, at least not at the level for what they were doing. This kind of story... the story itself came from the body register, and... it's pretty obvious that this is not a one-time event. So, obviously, duels are pretty common at this time. They, as I, you've seen, have happened in real life, as well as being presented so often in plays. However, there is uh, one more thing I wanted to cover. Uh, we covered a, um, a different kind of book, uh, Cat Incorrigible, in Truth and Masquerade, and I wanted to talk about how... Not this. There is a specific scene on, in Chapter 20. It's just kind of a magic duel-ish that's happening. But I wanted to talk about the way that it sort of feels like like the act of dueling as it was is sort of a mind game in a way you have like the famous kind of duel examples of like Alexander Hamilton put it, pulling, pulling out his gun shooting in the sky and that kind of is a mind game in of itself is the person you're fighting going to just try and not kill you are they gonna try and end the duel in a way that nobody dies but you feel like hey, you would have fought for your honor. That's practically both you getting what you wanted out of the duel. And Cat Incorrigible covers this idea of duels in magical terms as mind games, because it's all about, are you really going to set up a spell to defend against my spell? Am I going to even shoot a spell at you? And... That covers the bare essential of what duels were. Duels weren't always meant to be, I have to kill you. It was really just the idea that you were willing to go fight for your honor was enough for most people at that time. Look again at the rivals. Nobody actually died in the duel that was featured. They stopped, of course, because of it being a misunderstanding, but there wasn't also that sense of they probably would have killed each other there was a chance that they could have stopped and just vaguely gone on the idea that, yes, we both would have fought for our honor. That's enough for both of us. But duels, as we've seen, are mainly a middling class or an elite class problem. They wouldn't have been lower class. But they're such a unique part of that time in history, something that we'll obviously never have at this point in time because people don't often fight for their honor anymore. But it's such a unique relic that can be shown through these plays and the stories that represent that time period.